you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. Randy Rubenstein and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 128. Well, hi guys. How you doing? How you doing? We're getting into August. It is toasty, toasty in Texas, toasty in Texas in August. Do not visit Texas in August, in case you didn't know, in case you've been living under a rock. Um, Yeah, I have major geography envy in the summers in Texas. Texas, from the months of October through April, is quite lovely. But, yeah, it's especially bad in July and August. Okay, I'll stop talking about the weather, because that's boring. Um, all right, what do I have for you this week? Well, what I have for you this week is, um, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I'm, I'm probably guessing that you have a strong-willed kid and you're the kind of parent that actually does something about it, doesn't just bitch and moan, but you look for resources. You listen to things. Maybe somebody turned you on to this podcast. You appreciate my real talk um, in a non-clinical way. And you know that I've lived it too. So I get it. Um, So I want to just kind of have a candid and frank discussion uh, for all of us who gave birth to at least one strong-willed kid. Okay, and I just kind of want to talk about some things that I don't know that we always talk about. And I think that many of us from the beginning, we look for resources. We look for resources that will help us manage our kid because our kid is not being cooperative, not being compliant, and just has a lot of behaviors that, frankly, they're exhausting. Like everything feels like it's a negotiation or it ends in a power struggle, and um, and it's just a tiring day, you know, and it's just not that fun when you're in that place. And so what I found for, for many of us is like we intuitively know that the strong-willed part of our kid also represents qualities that will serve them later in life, but we don't necessarily believe it's their superpower yet because – It's like such a pain in the ass to deal with. And we're tired. We're freaking tired, right? So it's like we know uh, intellectually and from like a moral standpoint 
and who we want our kids to grow up to be. It's like, you know, one of the, I think the most painful things for many people is like thinking of their kid being a doormat. Like even my son, who's 22, my strong-willed one, of course, he has his first puppy, Cheryl, and um, she's a little French bulldog. We got her for him for his birthday and um she's anybody who knows french we've never had a french bulldog before and anybody who knows french bulldogs like there's something about them that is like you become obsessed with them but they're also like crazy stubborn so it's just sort of fitting that um of course he has this crazy stubborn dog and um and so like he was telling me that and it's just been fun to kind of, you know, he's like experiencing parenthood. Like he's like, she's been high maintenance and then he gets up early in the morning with her. And, um, we've all been over the summer. We all went, um, on vacation. We kind of like quarantined in a cooler state together. So we all lived together, which is always a special treat for me because he doesn't live with us anymore. And, um, and like my son who requires a lot of sleep, um, he's getting up early and then he'll like and then I get up and he like leaves her with me and then he goes back to bed but like he gets up early with her and all these different things but he was telling me that he was really concerned about her because she loves the dog park so much and so he at home he takes her to the dog park and um but she like does not ever uh what was the word he used he said something like she doesn't ever correct other dogs and she's like a powerful little we say she's a thick girl um I could talk I could spend the whole time on the podcast talking about dogs like I'm a little bit like the crazy you know how like there's crazy cat ladies I'm like the crazy dog lady and especially since I've been um with my family and there's three dogs and we've been quarantined like literally I don't even know where the days go but I think I just sit and play with dogs and watch them and observe them and then we talk about them like it's yeah I'm a little bit of a nut job when it comes to the dogs so anyway um, he was telling me that he was really worried because she doesn't ever correct other dogs and she loves it so much there. But even when it's like a ferocious dog and she wants to play with them, like she'll just keep going and going and going and going. And when they snarl or snap at her, like she doesn't, she doesn't seem too bothered by it. And so I think he's worried that like she's going to get her ass kicked and that she's going to be a doormat. And I think that many of us as parents worry about that. You know, it's like, we don't want our kids to be the bully, but I think maybe even more so deep down, we don't want our kid to be the one getting bullied or the one getting walked all over. And so um, I think that's super painful as a parent to imagine having your child in that position because if any of us ever experienced that feeling other, feeling less than, feeling powered over at any time in our lives, we know it felt um, emotionally very painful. And so the thought of our kids experiencing that is, um, is really painful for us. And so I think we know on like a soul level, we don't want to squash our kids' spirits or send them the message that there's something wrong with them. Um, but we also just want them to put on their freaking shoes and stop making everything into a negotiation or a power struggle. Like it's exhausting. So if we try to squash their spirit, you know, what happens is we'll shape them to feel not enough, unworthy, and insecure, like there's something wrong with them. And nothing good comes from that type of conditioning. But, you know, here, this, here's where, where the problem really lies. It's that many of us were conditioned that way. 
Okay, so many of us were conditioned with messages of if we didn't do things just so or cooperate just so, then we were, there was something wrong with us, which ultimately sent us the message of feeling not unconditionally loved, left us with the message of feeling not enough, unworthy. And, and ultimately, I think that's really where insecurity lives is from those, that messaging. Um, so that is in many of, many a human's autopilot programming, I believe. And when we experience stress, guess what happens? That autopilot conditioning is what comes online. So like even though we know it would make life a hell of a lot easier and simpler if our kids could just, you know, get with the program, we don't necessarily know how to help them be more cooperative without resorting to the tactics that were used on us because when they're being difficult, we go into our triggered state and then our autopilot conditioning comes online, right? And that's why we resort to, like, if you want to know what messages you were raised with that leave you in a position of feeling insecure or chronic people-pleasing or um, constantly second-guessing everything or, or, or not having the courage to you know, make that video or put out that post or say the thing that you really want to say deep down, you know, all of that insecurity comes from you receiving messages that you resort to when you're in that autopilot triggered place. And it usually has something to do with comparison, name calling, blame, yelling, all of those ways that, that come out for us why can't you just enough? I'm so sick of you. I can't. Why does it need to be so difficult? Why? I don't understand. See, all of that lends itself to the conditioning of there's something wrong with you. Okay? And then we add yelling to it. And yelling, it's really scary. It's really scary for a kid. And it's really confusing. Because here's the people who love you the most who are supposed to be protecting you. And ultimately, you're feeling scared around them. And that's why so often when we yell at them before they cry, a lot of times, you know, it becomes a power struggle. Because they get so scared, they go into a state of fight or flight. They'll run away or they'll yell back. And then ultimately, when the tears come, it's because we've overpowered them enough. But they're in such a state of deep fright. And all of that are ways that we become conditioned with that not enough or un- unworthiness conditioning. So um, so what do most parents do to change this dynamic, right? We're not really thinking about it on a conscious level. We just know that we've got these strong-willed kids and they're being difficult and they're being a pain in the ass and it's driving us nuts. Like, you know, we just want them to comply because we're so kind of stuck in the exhaustion and the day-to-day-to-day-to-day. Right. So when we hit rock bottom, what do I, you know, what do I see most people doing? Most people start to, and including me, we start to send our kids to outside resources to help them become more cooperative. Like there is some, like we, like we're like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I got to find the experts. So we find the experts. We ask around. We do some research um, and we find them and we look for specialists. 
and and we look for different types of therapists talk play occupational speech we look for books that are written by therapists we read them and that's not to say that any of these resources are bad okay however our usually our the first avenue we go down to help us help our kids is we look outside ourselves we look to the experts to become an expert on our child but the truth is we're the true experts on our children. We just don't realize it. Most likely because we received these messages of second-guessing ourselves, not feeling enough, not feeling worthy, not having the confidence, feeling insecure. So we're looking to all these experts to be the experts on our own kids. So what's what do we really need to do? We need to arm ourselves with the right tools and the info to help us learn how to help our own children. Right, and it's not to say that a good therapist can't help too, right? I, I really, I mean, I, I, in fact, I'm training occupational therapists right now in mastermind parenting to be mastermind parenting coaches. I love good therapists, and I think they can be an amazing additional resource. I just don't think they're the first go-to resource. I mean, if you think about it, like. A kid spends an hour a week with a good therapist, and that, that can enhance your child's life, but only if you're doing it in conjunction with changing how you're doing things at home. And I've talked to many therapists about this, many therapists that actually take my program. I have many therapists that are my colleagues, that are my personal friends, and what they've shared with me kind of behind the scenes is that they don't have the time to do the parent education piece like being a therapist is exhausting you guys it's deep deep work and people go into therapy it's the same it's kind of similar like people that become teachers people that become therapists they understand the importance of um, being mentally healthy they understand the importance of prioritizing this work it is their life work but it is deep work and there is just not enough hours in the day for them to create content and train parents and, um, and to teach you what to do at home when you have kids that are struggling. And the therapists have also told me that they only get one hour with these kids. They fall in love with these kids. They fall in love with your kids. Um, but they only get one hour. And, and compared to living with them, they're like, you know, parents live with them. So a parent that is practicing the tools of communicating with empathy, seeing your child's perspective, getting on the same page, getting on the same team, connecting before you correct, um, and learning how to do it differently, right? You have, they, and therapists know this, you have the ability to change your child's life, but they don't know how, there's like this gap. They don't know how to get that information to you guys so that you can be on the same page with them and then your child can truly, you know, develop the skills that they're lacking and feel understood and, um, and start doing better. So the parent education piece, I kind of feel like it's more of a cultural problem than anything because really, you know, we've all heard the saying, kids don't come with a manual, right? Like we've heard that. But I believe that parenting right? Like it's not, nobody's saying parenting doesn't come with a manual. It's sort of like, well, parenting is just like, we think of it like it's innate. 
You're just supposed to know. You just have to know. And um, and it's and I almost feel like there's this elephant in the room of like, yeah, anyone with half a brain should know how to raise amazing kids. And so, and I think there's a, a, a high level of parent shaming when it comes to having a difficult or strong-willed or non-compliant or non-traditional child. Parenting a kid wired with a strong will is more difficult. It causes us to have to learn new things. They are These kids are not having it. They are not going to be controlled or told exactly how to think or how to behave or what to do they there's a different way to help these kids become the best versions of themselves and they do not wait for teenagehood to rebel they start very early and they propel us to have to learn new better tools and methods okay and so the problem is since most of us were conditioned with messages involving the unworthiness Unless we prove our worth, okay? We, most of us were, were raised with that fixed mindset messaging. You have to prove your worth to all the authority figures in your life. Teachers, parents, coaches. Like by some external measurement, right? And, and that was really, I mean, from um, just the messages, you know, from report cards to paying kids for grades, to admonishing kids for getting the wrong grades without getting to the bottom of why they got the wrong grades, um, to kids that that are put on such a pedestal for having, you know, for being gifted athletically, to um, comparing your kids one to the other, the kid who's the good kid, the kid that's a bad kid. Um, so, so most of us, I mean, our society, our culture really does focus a lot on external measurement and what kids take in from that is I am worthy if I am externally achieving. If I'm not externally achieving and if I am a strong-willed one and I do the opposite of what the authority figures want me to do, then I receive a message that I am not unconditionally loved. And that is ingrained in our culture. So 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 there's, you know, that's where the that's the rub, really, is that if we want to do it differently, right? If we want to do it differently, we have to undo that conditioning and retrain ourselves to do it differently. Okay? And if we don't, like who's going to suffer? ultimately our kids our kids are going to suffer especially our strong-willed ones because if we were conditioned with these external measurements and this is something that most parents never look at or god forbid we should admit if we haven't retrained our brains and adopted a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset then we see our kids as evidence of our success or failures as parents. And when we have these strong-willed ones who are digging their heels in and we haven't learned new tools or retrain our brains to communicate with them in a way they can actually hear, then we see their behavior as evidence of our own failure. Nothing good comes from this, you guys. Nothing. Nothing good. We have to change this. We have to change this because 
The truth is, yes, we want our kids to be easier. I mean, that's the damn truth. Like, just put on it. Just go to bed, right? We want them to be easier. We're tired. But what we really want, what we really, really want, if we got to go and sleep in a hotel for like two nights straight and then come back refreshed, what we, and we could say with clarity, what we really want is for them to be happy and healthy and to possibly live a life that's even better than the one we've lived so far. Like that's the primal innate part of being a parent. That part, wanting even better for our kids. We may not know how to provide that. And there should be no parent shaming. It actually, it should be the opposite of shaming. Every parent that listens to a parenting podcast that picks up a book that attempts to do things differently, like that's where the courage is. That's getting out into the arena as Teddy Roosevelt or Brene Brown, who loves to quote him, says. That's, that's where the real bravery comes from. And so, you know, but, but if we're talking primal, if we're talking innate, it's just that we want more for them, right? We just want more. So my husband says that quite often, you know, he's like, yeah, I love my kids. He's like, and yes, I turned out just fine, but I want more for them. I want them to be even more than fine right? Like we want more for our kids. And I think that it's been, a th- you know, it's like a lot of times I, I've heard or I've seen movies or read books about immigrant parents who um, push their kids to do really well in school and become doctors and lawyers and live the American dream and not have to struggle the way they've struggled. But a lot of times it's, you know, I, I think wanting more for our kids is put in financial terms or external measurement terms of having the status and being a professional. But like, what if we put it in emotional terms? What if we want our kids to feel whole, even more emotionally whole than we do? What if we want them to feel worthy and unconditionally loved and enough and, um, and exactly meant to be who they were born to be? Like they are enough just because they were born and they are a human. Like, what if that was the message? What if that is wanting more for your kids? So um, thank you for listening to this podcast, especially if you have a strong-willed kid. Um, I'm, I've created Mastermind Parenting because of you, because every family that has a strong-willed kid, um, I believe that we have to learn new tools to help them become the truly best versions of themselves that they were meant to be. And I actually do believe their strong will is their superpower. And I think they propel all of us to learn things that will make all of us better versions of ourselves. So keep practicing the things you've learned here. And I have something exciting. If you'd like more training and accountability, we do have an exciting announcement. Um, we have created a crash course, a mastermind parenting crash course to take your family from surviving to thriving in 30 days. And, um, and this is a great place to get started, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, but you haven't been taking consistent action, or if you've been thinking about joining the mastermind, but maybe you don't have the budget for it. Um, this is a great, great beginning step. And we made it 30 days for a reason because it takes 30 days of consistent action to create a new habit, to create a new pattern in your life. 
and we send you bite-sized trainings directly to your phone. We make it super simple, super easy. Um, it's a way to get on the same page as your co-parent. And, um, and I really teach you all of the foundational pieces of mastermind parenting in it. These are private trainings that are not available anywhere else outside of my private membership community. So I would love to offer that to you. And, um, and also I want you to hear from Marcy. I'm going to, I'm about to, I'm going to play something from Marcy, who is a recent student of our parenting program. She has just been in for maybe like two or three months and she left me the most beautiful random message. And so I asked her if, um, I could include it on the podcast and she found me actually through the podcast, um, and listened, I think for like a year before she came and joined the mastermind. And so she left me this sweet message. So, um, so I'll let you hear from Marcy and, um, and if you'd like to learn more about the crash course, just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. And, uh, now let Marcy take it away. Hi, Randy. This is Marcy Cheshire. Didn't want to bother you, but just wanted to say real quickly how grateful I am for you and Lindsay and this program. And I'm so thankful that I bit the bullet and did it. And I know that my life is going to change and get better. And it already is. And things are improving with my kids, even though we're still having struggles and we're still working through this. And I still have to master my mind and get PEC leadership skills and work through so many of these things. But I really believe I'm in the right place. And I'm just so grateful for you guys and just wanted you to know how much I appreciate you and how much you're doing and all of the content you put out, all of your podcasts, everything. Just thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate you. Have a happy Wednesday. You guys, I've created it. My team has created it, actually. If you're ready to take your family from surviving to thriving, we got something for you. We created this amazing 30-day, very affordable Mastermind Parenting Crash Course. So if you're ready to learn how to solve any problem, big or small, with your strong-willed child and, frankly, anyone, um, you're ready to learn how to master the productive combo, you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've been reading the resources that we put out, but you have found yourself not necessarily taking action, it's okay. You're normal. You just need 30 days of consistent action, and that's why we created the crash course. So we're going to switch you from old school discipline and all that conditioning that you bring to the table during triggered moments because you're human, and we're going to start the retraining process. Um, They say it takes 30 days to create a new habit. That's why we made it a 30-day crash course. It's super affordable love to see you on the inside we send you bite-sized trainings every day we don't have logins and all kinds of nonsense involved we have hired tech engineers we send the trainings directly to your cell phone it's a no-brainer and it's one price per family so it's a great way to get on the same page with your co-parent it's a great way to start taking your family in a whole new direction the time is now. So if you want to learn more, if you want to join the Mastermind Parenting Crash Course, go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash 30. Can't wait.